Good evening. Uh, once again, it's good to be here. Uh, the last time I was here was in, uh, in May. It was not that long, so I'm here just because, you know, I need to take care of my teeth. That's why I'm here. <laughs> so, and Pastor Dwight called me and said, hey, how about you share it tonight? And first of all, he wanted me just to share Sunday, and I said, hey, I've been already taken, so... He said, how about tonight? Well, tonight. <laughs> so I said, okay, I'll do it. So he wanted me just to share a, a half about Haiti and half the word of God. So uh, <clears throat> when it's come to the ministry of God with Chapel, Carnegie, Haiti, and uh, we've watched, we've seen so much God has done and. uh and uh, so the ministry is growing in so many ways. And so because of that, you're having more problem. So, so the growing is a good thing, but the growing also requires more, more energy, more delegation, more funds, and uh, etc. So we are so thankful that and the Lord will never give you I mean, you know, a load that you cannot carry. So even though I feel that it's hard sometimes, but I know I have to trust on, you know, on the word of God. So the Lord is the one carrying it all. I'm just helping. So uh, we're so thankful for what God has done for us. You can, you, uh, I, I, I did consider that a, since 2003, 2005, you know, all the way to 2014, with Betty, for me, that was uh, a that was a season, and so now we are in another season right now. So, the other season that I am remarried, you know, I have a newborn baby now, and so, so so many things going on. So. When, when Betty was alive, so we, she used to help with fundraising and uh, getting people just to know what God is doing in Haiti and somehow, you know, people are interesting just to support in, in so many ways. So, but since after 2014, I, I've not done something like that. And I don't know if I'm made for that, but the Lord knows. <laughs> the Lord can make things happen. So... The ministry grew, and uh, the school is over 400 kids. We have the radio station, and we have the, 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 the water on the property. We need people that need to take care of that. And uh, the youth group is, is going well, and so we have the market right now, and we're working on the clinic right now, so it's kind of, there's a lot going on. And so it will require a, the leadership just to make sure that, you know, there is a delegation, and so they all need to know what's supposed to be done. So when it's come to the school, and we have Promised Child, you know, sponsoring the kids, we have a CRDF, which is the, the Oliver, Oliver and Werbaka. So they're the one thing for the teachers in you know, starting from kindergarten through sixth grade. But when it's come to seven, eight, nine, 
10th and this year we're gonna have 11th grade. So we, we have to find a way just to pay those teachers. And it's not only one teacher per class. It's like in each class you may have uh, around seven to eight teachers because each teacher is gonna teach uh, a subject like math, English, Spanish, French, etc. So it's required that we have more money just to do that. So because we we have some people sending some fun, but we don't have enough just to make it. So in our monthly money, we have to take, you know, what, whatever is missing. Sometimes it's $700, sometimes it's $1,000. So we, just to make it, so we can pay the teachers. So uh, this is an area you, you can pray for us. And uh, since 2006, we have the school, and uh, it's kind of the ge that generation is growing. And uh, today we're seeing fruit, you know, of the kids we've been, we've been investing so much on, on the kids. You've been praying, you've been sending money, you know, you've been supporting, you know, however you've been doing that. So today we, we, we at the radio station, we have uh, a show just for the kids. And for those, of, for those of you receiving the newsletter, you, I'm sure you saw that. And so what happened, you know, we're trying to see how we can focus on the kids just to see, because they're the ongoing to, to, to replace us, you know, tomorrow. And we want to make sure that we invest time in them also. So, and, uh, so we have this show on the air, but I, and we said, well, it should be good if we have the young people doing it. And so the Two young girls we have you know, doing that right now. So they are part of the school. And uh, one of them, when during Betty's funeral, was the one you know, talking. And so and that's really blessed us to see that we can use a, this young generation right now to do something. And we're in the area because of the illiterate. You cannot use the older people like that. You know, I can not find someone in our area, in our church, that can do a show on the radio or do something at the radio station. So it's good just to see the money we've been investing and, uh, and the time we've been investing on the kids. Today we can start saying, you know, the fruit of it. So the school is, uh, a, you know, really play a good role, I would say, in the community. It's helping us, you know, just a, for the next generation that can help, you know. Today we have so many kids. We have young girl being part of the worship team, you know, some of the young girl being part of the, of the, uh, the, the cafeteria and so the, the cleaning. So if you come on, on the property right now, you will see that, you know, in the cleaning department, we have some young girl. In the, at the kitchen, we have some young girl. The radio station. So I'm seeing that, you know, the younger generation, you know, is stepping up. And uh, if we did not have the school, we would not have them today to be used. So the school is really a, very important. So talking about the school... <clears throat> We are facing problems with that. It's a blessing to have this school. 
it's a blessing just to see the kids, you, you know, on the property, but we're having some problem. The problem we're having here, we're having the school on the property where we have the church, where we stay, where we have the cafeteria. So we have to add one class every year. So it's coming to a point right now, there is no other place where just to to add a class, just to do some structure for the kids just to go to school. So we do have a place for the, just to build a school, and we started it already because we don't have the fun just to keep moving with, the, with that, and so we have to stop. But God is good. I know that uh, there will be a time, so the Lord will provide for that. And so I want you just to pray Pray for us in, for that situation because what happened next year, we won't be able just to add another class. And we want to keep adding class, classes. And the reason is the young people, they stay in the area when we have the school. And if we don't have the school, if we don't add a class you know, every year, they will have to go another place. And there is no other choice than going to Hench automatic. And when you have those kids going there, age of 15, 17, without the parent, it's like, uh, you know, you don't have control of them. And uh, that's why we're trying to make sure that we have a class every year. Because when you're helping someone halfway, and uh, you can lose all your hard effort you've done. And so if, you, if, if we stop the school, maybe 11th grade, and the kids who come to our school right now, they don't pay. The Lord provides for them for food, for uniform, for, for bags, and uh, for the tuition, everything. So if we stop the school, and they won't be able just to go to, to Hench uh, or to Masik. So please pray for that, because our heart, we would like just to to have a, the school all the way to, to the last class for high school. And uh, that same building we're looking for just to, to have a Bible college in it. So this is our big prayer. So it's a big thing. I know that when God is going to open the door, it's going to be overflowing. That's what I know. So because God is good. So uh, we... As you know, we have uh, the project of the oxen. And so we were helping the people. We are still helping them. But what's happening right now, uh, all the crops the people planted got dried. So the people, they lost everything. And uh, we have two lakes as you're going to Hench. The one as you're climbing the Goat Mountain, for those of you who goes to Haiti, and uh, so the first one is dry completely. The one uh, at the dam where, you know, we have electricity coming from, it's kind of all the way to the bottom. So it's really dry. So people lose everything. So it's always the time when it's happened like that, people would come to me, hey, say, what can you do for us? You know, don't you see what's going on? And so I had to send someone just to go and take some pictures and just talk to the people and find out exactly more what's going on. And so it's really hard and it's really tough for them. So we're starting to have some rain right now, but we don't know. It's not an everyday rain. So 
we are we are still working and plowing you know for the people and we are looking forward just to get more action because uh, for me I feel that we have the solution just to help the people with the poverty uh, when it's come to uh, garden etc is getting the accent plowing the land for the people get that done on time and that should be done deal and uh, I explained that before when it's raining Haiti some of the people they don't have the money just to plow their land they may wait for 10 days to do that when they have the money some of them have the money by the time for them just to plow the land and uh, they don't have enough rain or after they're done plowing they may not have money just to buy the seed or if they have the money to buy the seed after you know planting after after having the seed under the ground they may not have money just to clean it so so the food got choked so we figured it out if we have the accent just to plow the land for the people at once you know on time and that's really will be a big big help and Haiti was like a, a, a rich country because you know people used to have a lot of food and uh, they they used to have a very 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 good life when it's come to food you know they used to export like coffee sugarcane and cotton so many things and uh, today we don't export anything it's just you know important that's what we do right now so and I pray for that and uh, we believe that the Lord can uh, do miracles so we can take care of that uh, the third thing is uh, we want to talk about before we get into the study is uh, the clinic. It has been, as you've been watching, you know, it's been for years. I don't remember there were, you know, the people that tried to catch, you know, to catch me, get my video. Sometimes when I'm talking, I don't even know. So <laughs> I did not know they were kind of recording me. So it was a big surprise when I see that. <laughs> so uh, my dad passed away. The day that he passed away, after he was preaching, for those of you you know who know the story, when he collapsed, they wait for at least five to six hours before they could take him to the hospital. And the reason was, it was raining so hard, it was so muddy. Someone had to leave Kane to go to Hinch to get my brother. By the time for my brother to get a vehicle, the vehicle got stuck on the way, got stuck on the way back. They had to take my dad, put him down, try to have the, the vehicle unstuck. So by the time for them just to get my dad to the hospital, he was dead. My wife, Betty, almost I want to see the same thing, the same thing, but when he was in the house and uh, we figured out having a doctor to come just to take care of her would be better. But when it was very hard for her, we wanted to take her to the hospital. It was very hard for her on the way because the wood was so bumpy, etc. So we were praying just to have a clinic in that area and uh, we were we were dying for that my wife knew about all of that so and after he passed away she passed away I said I need to keep going on that because we had the vision together she left me halfway so I need to keep going on with the vision so and I said that I know the Lord is gonna do something so I talked to Julie 
Julie, who, who is the nurse, uh, who used to lead the medical clinic to go to Haiti. And I expressed, I talked to her about, you know, the clinic and the first time, the second time she said, so what do we need to have done? And I said, we need to have a plan. We need to have an architect, you know, drawing the plan for us. We need to figure out how many rooms we're going to have, things like that. So she did ask me some question, write things down. And uh, when I was here, we wanted to start the clinic. And uh, Julie said, well, I'm trying to raise some money to see how we can do the clinic. And how much money that's my cost? Maybe 200000 to 300000 American. And it was not that easy just to see that when I look at her face. <laughs> and uh, so she was about just to raise $10,000. And I said, with that $10,000, we're going to start. And the Lord will provide. So as we were preparing with that $10,000 just to start into the building, another group, the group that you saw, a Calvary Chapel, a Cornerstone. So they said, hey, Basia, we have some money. We're coming. We want to do a project. What can we do? And I said, great. How much money? And I said, how much money do you have? They said, I have $25,000. I said, that's good. Do you mind if I put $20,000 toward the clinic? No problem, Pastor. Just do whatever you know the Lord tells you to do. And so we took $20,000 to put a, a, toward the clinic. And this is what we were able just to do with the, that money. Around $30,000. So we probably spend around uh, $40,000 total right now, having it where it is right now. So we did the floor. We have the block up, and so now we're waiting just to have the roof and uh, has the next phase. So while I'm in the States, uh, yesterday, or today, yesterday, and I got a, a note from Julie saying, Basia, good news. And I said, what's the good news? <laughs> Somebody just donated $25,000 toward the roof. That's a big praise the Lord for us. So it's God's moving. So there is no, you cannot make mistake when God is in the center of your vision. When God is in the center, when it is God's doing it, don't even think about making mistake. It's the Lord doing it. So everything is going to work good. So when it's God doing it. So uh, we, we're looking forward, and I just talked to Matt, we're looking forward maybe two to three months to see how we can have someone go down there just to, to help with the work. So what, I, what we're trying to do, we want to make that building identical like American building. So it's going to have hot water in it, and uh, we're going to have the water from the uh, water uh, tower to go, to go there. And uh, we're having three exam rooms. We're having uh, one administration room, one pharmacy. We're having one ultrasound. We're having uh, a one room where if one or two, three people have to stay overnight for the doctor just to do follow-up. We're having a room for that, and we're having a lab room. There is another room for the doctor to stay and uh, to spend the whole night. So we're looking forward to when that building is done to, to be open 
That's the idea. We want to have a doctor in the morning and a doctor at night and several nurses. So we want to have uh, a, someone coming from the States to be six months, six months period. So uh, by the time for the six months to be done, some, someone else will go over there, you know, maybe one, two weeks before the person in Haiti leaves. So that could train that person. But we will have video just to start training that person in America before he or she would go to Haiti. So this is a, a big dream that we have, and we're seeing the Lord really moving forward toward uh, the clinic. So thank you so much uh, for, for praying uh, for us because we always send pictures and uh, people you know, coming to Heart for Haiti meeting. And I want to thank uh, Judy and, and Dave for really taking, t- taking the time just to lead the Heart for Haiti meeting. Thank you so much. Uh, we, while I'm here, one of the deacon, Zamo, so he was very, very sick. And uh, I did write Mary and I write all the pastors asking for prayer because he could not move. He could not go to the bathroom. So he could not talk. And it's happened very quickly. And uh, we, we sent the, our assistant just to spend some time with him and pray with him after sending the, the, the prayer request to all of you guys. And so that same night, he was able just to do, to do all, talking. And uh, he went to the bathroom, and he was about just to move himself. And so he's getting better and better. So thank you so much for our prayer. And uh, I see that prayer works. Thank you. So I would encourage you, you guys, if for those of you who don't receive our newsletter, maybe during the, the conference, go ahead and just write your name so you can receive the newsletter or come to the Hearts for Haiti meeting and you, you will know more about what's, what's going on. We always... White Mary to keep Pastor Dwight updated on everything's going on. So uh, we love you because we are the outreach of Calvary Chapel, Appleton. And so I always feel good, you know, when I come here and you you are very supportive, you know, on everything. So please keep praying for the ministry. It's growing, as I said. The more the ministry is growing, the more we need help. The more we need financial support. We need prayer. Thank you. And uh, now I would like you just to open with me uh, John chapter 10. And uh, so a passage you are all familiar with. And so and I would like just to, to read verse 7 to the 18. These are straight the word of Jesus Christ. John 10, verse 7 to 18. Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved 
and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Therefore, my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes, takes it from me, but I lay down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my father. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. And, and Lord, when we look at this passage, it's really give us confidence. And it can scare us also, just because we want to make sure that we are called to do what we're doing. We really take care of your flock, take care of your ship. And Lord, and as we are opening the Bible right now, we pray that you would bless this time and you would use our mouth just to speak the things that you want to come out of our mouth. And bless the teaching. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. John chapter 3 uh, is a passage most of you or all of you heard, all of you uh, uh, meditate on it and and so you probably heard it from many other pastors, but tonight we, we want to hear what the Lord wants to say in, uh, a second time, because this is what our Lord said already. So it's like I could just be done reading that and just say, let's go home, because it's the Lord talking. So Jesus, not only he is the head of the church, but he is a model. He is the, he's the one we can follow just to, to know how we can have a relationship as shepherd with the flock or with the sheep. So as shepherd, we, we should love the people. So for me, a shepherd has to be called. It's not something you can just wake up 
in the morning you said, I want to be a pastor. I want just to take care of the flock. That's, that's the worst mistake you can ever do in your life. And I always tell people in Haiti, if they're envious of my position where I am at, I will give it to you the next morning. But just make sure that you are called. And because if you are not called, you're going to put yourself in a spot. And that can be very hard for you. So for me, a shepherd has to be called uh, because there is a big responsibility. When you are called as a shepherd and you have to embrace all that comes with what the Lord is calling you to do. And you're going to see that. And I wonder, has, has pastor, has uh, someone the Lord is calling just to teach this, to take care of people, after reading this passage, you know, we should be on our knee. We should reflect, you know, on the congregation the Lord is really giving us just to take care of. So for me, as a shepherd, you know, a, a shepherd should give it all to take care of God's people. What do I mean by that? Actually, I'm going to, to be teaching uh, in Wepaka, and I'm going to talk about giving it all. And Jesus paid it all, not halfway. Jesus did not pay half for us. Jesus went on the cross, and he paid it all. And after he, he was done, he said, it's finished. That's it. That's why we don't have to go to anyone else looking for whatsoever. If it is, I remember Pastor Dwight said that to me, so he said that if it's not in the Bible, don't trust it. And I'm saying the same thing. If it's not in the Bible, don't trust it. But as long as it's in the Bible, it's the word of God, we can have confidence, we can trust it. So we need to give it all because Jesus paid it all. And if I, I, if, if I would ask you know, each of you this question, how much should you give to the Lord? Not about money only. It's your, you know, your whole life. Let's take our whole life. And how much should we invest in God's ministry? It should be all. It should be all. So because Jesus paid it all for us. If he paid it all, all the blessing that the Lord is pouring out on us, we should turn it back, you know, just to praise him. We should do all we can just to give it all to the Lord. So a shepherd focuses on what he's doing for the Lord, not what he's doing for himself. The shepherd, you know, we, we need to be reminded. So that's why you, you're going to see that there is different between a shepherd and a good shepherd. I am the shepherd, but the good shepherd is Jesus Christ. I am working for the good shepherd. So I need to make that connection. The sheep represent the people that are in the congregation. So they are not my people. They are God's people. So Jesus Christ is looking forward just to have one day, one shepherd and one flock. So today, that's why we, call, we, talk, we, we see that the local church, yes, we have church in Haiti, we have church you know, all over the world, but one day is going to be one church. We are all going to be together. So has the shepherd in Haiti, has the shepherd while here, Pastor Dwight, you know, the other people got called just to pastors, you know, the 
churches, you know, wherever God may call you. We need to understand that. So we are called just to take care of God's people. So we, we should focus on what God wants us to do, how God wants us just to take care of the people. So it is a blessing for me just to, just to be in that position. But I have to remind myself every day, this is not my church. It's Jesus Christ church. It's, it's not my people. It's God's people. I have to make sure that I treat them, you know, well, you know, always stand by them when they need me because that's what I'm here for. You're going to see the, Jesus Christ talking to Peter. You know, he said, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know, I love you. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Peter, do you really love me? Lord, you know that I love you. And Peter, if you love me, there's one request. Make sure that you take care of my people. How should you do that? Feed them. It's like the pastor is the primary job of the pastor is to feed his people. It's not about, oh, I'm too tired today. I cannot go. It's, no, it's not like that. This is a have to. You must feed the flock. So it is a blessing for me just to see that uh, the Lord is using me. And, uh, and I always thank the Lord for wherever there is a church that's focused on teaching God's word. You know, I always praise God for that because it's not that easy for what is going on today in the whole world. You know, you're going to see that when we get, you know, in text. You're going to see that. So, so what's the difference between the shepherd and the hireling? So how do we call those that are in the ministry and that are not called? Jesus is going to tell you in the text. So if you go back in, uh, in uh, verse 6, we need to understand that because if we don't understand that verse, you know, we won't understand what Jesus, why Jesus is talking like that. And we will need to go back to chapter 9 again to really understand it. Jesus used the illustration, but they did not understand the thing which he spoke to them. So, whom did Jesus talk? I mean, you know, which crowd Jesus was talking to? Is he talking to me or is he talking to which church is he? I mean, you know, who is he talking to? So let's go back to, to, to chapter 9, verse 16. Jesus was talking to the Pharisees. And so Jesus has to give that talk just because of a man, a blind man that Jesus healed. And uh, when the Pharisees, you know, heard that because the news went out, they used to see the blind man and, uh, and uh, the neighbors, they, they, they saw all that Jesus has done in, for this blind man. And uh, the Pharisees, you know, they were saying that Jesus should not do that. This God is not from the Lord. He's not from God. It's like, you know, because if he came from God, he would not do something like that on the Sabbath. 
You see how the days are more important than Jesus Christ. So I'm so glad, you know, we are free. We can worship the Lord, you know, every day. We can, you know, people go to work on Sunday after church. When I was here in Appleton, I, I used to work at Walmart. I used to work for Subway, at Subway. And I was part of the worship team. After I'm done with the, with the Sunday service, I go straight to Walmart. I go to work. So I, because I'm free. We are free. It's not about the day. It's about Jesus Christ. So they were not happy. And uh, if you go on verse 16, it says that, Therefore some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, because he does not keep the Sabbath. Or they said, How can a man who is a sinner do such thing, such sign? And there was a division among them. There's one thing that I've, you know, I want to point out right here. The word division. Wherever God's word is being taught, there will be division. Those who don't, who don't want to follow Jesus Christ and those who want to give themselves to the Lord. It's going to be like that. So when it's come to church split, you know, things like that. So a lot of people see it bad, but sometimes it's a blessing too. Sometimes it's the Lord doing his work. And so that's why we as a pastor, we just need to be happy with the crowd people the Lord gave us. Whether it's a large crowd, whether it's a very small crowd, the matter is where two or three people are gathered, Jesus Christ is there. Amen? So that was the problem. And uh, that's, so now when we get to verse 7, so... And it's not, then Jesus said to them again, because Jesus was talking to them. So, and you see in verse 6, chapter 10, they still did not get it. And Jesus said to them again, most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the, the sheep did not hear them. I am the door of the ship. So, what should the Pharisees do when Jesus was present, when Jesus did such a miracle like that? Our job as pastors is to point out, is to lead the people to Jesus Christ. That's why at Calvary Chapel, we are very careful with the, when it's come to the worship team. Because we want to make sure that the worship team, they prepare the hearts of the people. And I always tell the, the, I mean, the leader of the worship team, so, you know, there's no difference between you and I. The only difference would be, I am a teacher, and you are the one leading worship. But guess what? You are the first one getting on the stage. And so if you're coming here, you need to make sure that you are leading the people to the Lord. You need to 
make sure that the song you're choosing, you know, it's not about entertainment. It's not about yourself. It's about the Lord. Make sure that you lead the people to the Lord and their heart would be open for the word of God. So the Pharisees, they, sh they should point out people to Jesus Christ, but instead they said that oh, this guy is a sinner. He's not from God. So it is interesting that the Pharisees could not heal the guy. And, uh, but Jesus did. That's a good thing. So when, when you go to verse 8, it says that, all who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. There's a responsibility. I always tell people, before you go and be part of a church, make sure that you sit with the pastor. Make sure that you sit with the leadership. Just because you need to know what they believe in. You need to know in, in, uh, what they're teaching. Because that's, that's your responsibility. That's your responsibility just as you're trying to investigate the church you need to go to. You know, make sure that the pastor is teaching the word of God. Because our primary calling is to make sure that as pastor, we feed the flock. So it's your responsibility just to do that. So uh, that's why when you are able just to listen to a pastor, you have your judgment. You can, you need to analyze what he's saying. Is what he says coming from the word of God? Or if what he's saying is coming from a secular book, you know, from the world. All that we say, that's why we say it at Calvary Chapel, we need to let scriptures interpret scriptures. We should not come with our own idea, our own understanding. So if that's why where the Bible is silenced, we have to be silenced too. So it's very important that for for the people in that are part of the congregation and the, 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 this is the responsibility just to investigate to make sure that that church in that church or the church they're trying to go to the Bible is being taught. Very, very important. So, verse 9, it says that I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And he will go in and out and, found, and find pasture. So, if anyone enters by me. So, when you, let's see, you, 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 if you... Is Jesus Christ talking about entering? Like it's like there is a closure. There is a there is there is a there is, there is a place you're getting in. And let's take like a house. The best way to get into a house is the door. But you can first to get in, you know, in the wind door. But you can break your your leg, and you know anything can happen. But Jesus said that I am the door. It's like there is no other way. And if you remember that, you know, during, during Noah's, Noah's time and, and when he said that, I don't have the key. Who had the key? It's the Lord. So Jesus Christ said, I am the door. And if anyone 
enters by me, what's, what's going to happen if they do that? He will be saved. There is no other way. That's what we need to tell people. People are trying to find another way just to share the gospel. There is no other way. They're trying to use, different, I mean, it's okay to use strategy, but you, they're trying to use different things just to make people happy, just to, sometimes when they're teaching, they want to, I mean, bring emotion to you, something. They're trying to do something. So, oh, no, 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 it's not like that. So, the people that are going to get in has to get in by Jesus Christ. And when you get in by Jesus Christ, you can know for sure that you are saved. And, uh, and he will go in and out and find pasture. And the thing is, you can, you can see that when we, come, when we come to know Jesus Christ, we feel that there is a big freedom. Amen? So we don't use that freedom just to do whatever we want, but we use that freedom to do whatever Jesus Christ wants us to do. So healing the man on the Sabbath day was not a problem for Jesus Christ. So for some people still today, walking on Sabbath is a big problem. So they still don't understand that Sabbath is not the, is not the door but the one who is the door is Jesus Christ. Amen? They really need to understand that. So, in verse, in verse 10, it says, the thief does not come except. So, the thief has a motive. Except to steal, to kill, and destroy. So, that's the motive. So we can consider, like when they're talking about the thief, it's like uh, today, and uh, we have people standing on the pulpit. You know, they are stealing your heart. They are stealing your mind. They are stealing who you are. You just need to make sure that you, you, you are grounded in the word. On your investigation, you need to make sure that you, you need to listen to what they're saying, making sure that what they're saying is coming from the word of God. So those people, the motive is just to come and steal and to kill and to destroy. So that's really, that's really make me think that that's what the devil does. The devil is there just to steal, is just to kill, to destroy. So wherever God's work is being done, what's going on? So we see that Satan is going to do all he can just to take the, the, joy, the joy out from you. At the team that went to Haiti, so they were going to set up the internet for us. And I was so happy. Our internet was so bad, you know, and the butter very sophisticated, you know, things, very good. And they were searching for one piece they could not find, the modem. I mean, the mean things. And I said, oh, no. The guy who was going to install it for us, he said, oh, no, Basia, you know, I wanted to do it for you, and it seemed like we missed it. We left it at home. You know what I told him? And I said, that's, that's the way Satan works. 
Anything that could bring you joy, he's trying just to take it away. But after the left Haiti, the left instruction for us, my wife went in one of the bags. There was the piece. Not only that piece, there were two more. So we were able just to install the internet and praise the Lord. Why would be mad? Why would say, oh, no, no, it's the Lord. Everything is going to be good, no matter what. Yes, I would love just to have the internet. It was not God's will. Maybe the Lord was, was testing me to see what I would have come out of my mouth or the guy. But praise God, you know, we got it and we still survived. <laughs> praise the Lord. So that's the way Satan walks. So the thief does not come except to, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. We need to understand that. Okay. We read this. We should apply it anytime we see a sign that is similar to that. In your day, either at work, at home, there will be things that will make you mad. There will be things that will, you know, will happen in your life where you would say, no, 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 be calm. Let's the Lord do his work. You never know. Just stay focused. You are Christian. Yes, you may not be happy. Uh, I know it's happened to me too. But I want to make sure that my mouth stay pure. My face, as I'm talking to someone, I want it to stay pure. I want when things like that happen, you know, I have, I'm praying, I pray, Lord, please keep me calm. You know, so that's Satan. That's his work. That's what he does. Just do his, you know, he steals, he, he, he kills, and he destroys. But when, when you look at in the, that same verse, verse 10, and it says that, I have come that they may have eternal life. Satan came to destroy the thieves. And so this is the job. This is what they do. But me, I came so they may have eternal life, and that they may have it more abundantly. So, whenever you see things is not going the way you want it, know that Jesus is right next door, coming just to help you. Don't be in a hurry. He is right there. How many times we say, Lord, I am sorry. That word is easy to say, but you could, you know, you, you could save on you saying sorry all the time. So, verse 11 says that I am the door, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. This is my verse. This is what keep me motivating in Haiti, doing what I'm doing. Sometimes I'm very tired. Sometimes I feel my body can't keep up, but I press on. Why? Jesus gave his life for what? For the sheep. 
if Jesus gave his life for the sheep, I need to make sure that whenever the sheep needs me, they find me. I need to make sure that whenever the sheep needs me, I am available. Because this is my responsibility to make sure that there's a funeral, here I am. They have a wedding, here I am. You know, they need me, call the office, let's make an appointment. That's why we're here. Jesus Christ gave his life. I know it was not me giving my life, but I need to respect the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Not for, not for me only, but for, for the people he gave us just to minister to. It's a big responsibility. So that's, that's, that's hard when, when someone is looking for you and cannot find you. That's why when pastors, when we are very busy, it's good to have other pastors. It's good to have people that can help. So the people, whenever they need, so they can always find someone just to help them out. Very important. Lately, I have, I, you know, I, the Lord was talking to me about something I did. I give so much energy when I teach in Haiti. After church, I feel that, you know, I don't have anything left to talk to people. It cannot be like that. I have to find another way. Because fellowship is very important. Someone may come in the congregation, they want to meet you. They're visitors. They want to see you. Uh, you know, even just shaking hand with them would mean something to them. Giving them a smile, having it, having you know the opportunity, you know, yes, just you walking by, and they caught you, and here you are giving them your attention. That means a lot. I find out people in the congregation, when you as the pastor, you you pay attention to them, they love that, and that's the way it's supposed to be. That's why I am here for. That's why we are here for. To make sure that we give ourselves to the people. How much should we give? We should give it all. Why? Because Jesus paid it all. He paid it all for them. He paid it all for me. So I need to give all of me. I will find a way, you know, a day just to rest. I will find a day. The Lord will make it happen. Here I am in America right now, even though I've been working very hard. I am on my vacation. And so I'm happy. I'm going to, uh, to, to, to the place. I can have cheeseburger, you know. I can have my pizza. I can have my brats. I'm having fun. The Lord will make it happen. So we should give it all back to the Lord. So in, uh, in verse 12, uh, I am, no, but a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. So the hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. So that's the thing. Not everyone saying that they're the shepherd to believe that they are the shepherd. It is your responsibility 
the, 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 the people in the congregation. It's your responsibility just to test everything that is going on in the church. The same way the Bible says that we need to test, you know, and like the spirit, you know, you know, we need to do that. So it's the same way. This is, you know, it's, you, you're still coming here. That's because Pastor Dwight is feeding you. That's why you're here. Not because he's the most beautiful, handsome guy, you know. Not, not for that reason. But that's because you are being fed. You feel that when you come here, he's teaching the word of God straight. So, but it's not the same like for what we see today on television. Come, we're going to make the healing right now. It's up to the Lord to do it. It's, it's, it's the Lord. You know, some, some of the people you can pray for, you can pray 24 hours, that person will never get healed. That's because that's the will of the Lord, of God. Some of the people, yes, he will answer. And so we need to understand that. I cannot say that, you know, you come here, you're going to be healed. It's your faith. It's going to be your faith. And it's going to be according to the will of God. So I need to leave it all to the Lord. I can point you to Jesus Christ. I don't want to point you to me. That's the worst mistake if I do or any, any pastors can do is to point you know, people to themselves. And how, how that may happen. It may happen the way you present yourself, the way you talk, and uh, everything is about you. It's me, it's me, it's me. No, it's not about me. It's about him. We need to, Eric, we were talking about that. So many songs is about me, about me, about me. It's supposed to be about the Lord. So, we need, to make, we need to understand that the, whole, the world today, so many churches, so many people, they are trying just to bring people. It's not about a lot of people coming to the church, but it's about the quality of people. That's what Jesus Christ is happy with three people. The same way Joshua said, you know, if you don't want me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. That's a good one. I want if tomorrow... Nobody come to our church. My wife and the kids that we have, we're going to do the worship team. I'll put them on the pew, and I will teach them the word of God. That's what, that's what Josh, Joshua said. Me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Jesus said, we're two or three gather. I will be there. I want to keep it that way. So it's not about how many people, a lot of people, they stress because they see the church don't have enough people or we want to have enough people. They're dying for that. They will do all they can to make it. No, 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 no. It's the Lord. You know, the good food will draw people. If you're feeding your church, the word will go out. People will watch you on television. People will hear you on the radio station. The Lord will bring you people. And those who will be coming are the ones the Lord want to be here. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep. Oh, that's a good one. This is our responsibility to make sure that I, I know my sheep. Well, is it just one? I know my congregation. That's the thing. That's, you know, we need to know the congregation. So let's keep reading it. I know my sheep, and I'm known by my own. 
So the people need to know you as pastor. They need to know who you are, your temper, you know, you know what you believe in, and you know. They need to be able, you know. I I want the people at my church just to be able to describe me. And so, and I want to be able just to describe the people in my congregation. We need to have that relationship. So, and it's in verse 15, as the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down on my life for the sheep. Again, Jesus Christ is the one who gets all of us here, not me, not Pastor Dwight, nobody else. It's Jesus Christ. Our job is to point them to the door. See, that's what we need to do. Hey, here's the door, here's the door. Jesus Christ is the door. That's what we need to do. So verse 16, And other sheep I have which are not of this fall, them also, look at what it says, I must bring. It's not like I would like to, but I must. The people who are not believers today, people you know, maybe who are still in the bars today, you know, still going out. And Jesus Christ wants them just to be part of this congregation. That is his heart. He wants to make sure that he reaches out as many he could. That is his heart. That's supposed to be our heart. We cannot just focus on the people only at the church, but we need to think about those outside also. Because tomorrow... The one who is in the bar today may be the assistant pastor. He did that for us too. You guys know that most of the, the, the older generation of Katkavu Chapel, you know, they were drug dealers. I mean, they were alcoholic, you know. This is what Kabu Chapel has known for. All of the pastors, most of them. The Lord changed them. So we need to have that same heart knowing that the Lord is waiting for us to go to the bars, to go to some of the places, to reach out having the people and just tell them, that, tell them about Jesus Christ. They're waiting for that. In, uh, in the other sheep which I have not of this fall, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Hmm. There's one thing very important also. You may go out to teach the word of God. Not what you are going to say is going to change the heart of the people. It's what Jesus is going to say. Let me explain myself. You need to let your mouth be used by God. Make sure that what's come out from your mouth is the word of God. And so you, that's why you say, it says that, you know, and, uh, and they will hear my voice, not the voice of the pastor. It's the voice of Jesus Christ. That's what will make people come to the church when they hear the voice of Jesus Christ. And there will be one flock and one shepherd. That's the heart of Jesus Christ. Hey, today no problem there is. The local church in America, local church, you know, here and there. But there is one day. There is coming a day. We are all going together, together. You know, the good thing is my wife today, when the American go down in Haiti, he, she cannot talk to them. 
Passed away, does it know much? But he would like just to talk to the assistant pastor. He would like to talk to so many. You know, there won't be that problem anymore. One language. We honor God, whether you're white, whether you're black, whether, whatever color you may be. One day, we're going to all be together. We are all going to focus and see the one good shepherd, not the shepherd only, one good shepherd we all look for, which is Jesus Christ. There will be one day. That's what will happen. So verse 17, therefore my father loves me. Why? That's because Jesus, God sent Jesus Christ, John 3, 16, to do what? To save the world. He did his job. He died on the cross. Not for only me sitting here. For all of us that are here, for all of you that are listening, for each and everyone, maybe in the bars today, maybe doing whatever, Jesus died for all. And Jesus did everything according to the will of his father. So his father loves him. He said that because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes, my, takes it from me, but I laid it down of myself. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my father. Yes, Jesus has the power just to lay down his life. He, he gave. He gave it all. That's what he did. To do what? To pay it all. You remember that when uh, Jesus died and, uh, and uh, so they had, you know, the soldiers watching the body and right in front of them, he was again. No one could stop that. No one could stop anything that God wants to do because he has the power to do whatever he wants. He has the power just to get it back again. So this command I have received from my father. So we are called his leader to work for the Lord. We are the shepherd. We need to make sure that the, the people know us. We know the people. We need to make sure that we follow what Jesus did. He died on the cross for the people and we are to feed the people. And the people are not our people. The people it's God's people. We always need to remember that. So we are just doing what God called us to do. As the sheep, we need to make sure that we listen to the shepherd. We analyze, we analyze what he's saying. We need to get into the word also. We need to read it. That's why it's good. That's what I like about Calvary Chapel. We open the word of God. It's not like I leave the Bible closed and I, I'm, I'm starting to talk and say what I want, but I open the word of God. We just saw in, in, in John chapter 10, verse 7 to 18, that was the speech of Jesus Christ. So you go back to your house, read it again. Understand your, your part as the sheep. It's your, your part is just to analyze, to make sure that you... You stay at a church that you're being fed. So let us, the shepherd, 
and the sheep walk together because one day we are going to have one good shepherd. The thing is, me as the shepherd, we're going to sit the same place. We're going to worship the same place. We are all going to have one shepherd. Who is the good shepherd? Jesus is the good shepherd. Who are we as the pastor? We are the shepherd. Are everyone being on the stage teaching the word of God? Do we consider all of them as a shepherd? Not all of them. Because a shepherd would do what Jesus Christ called him to do. May God bless you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for, for the time we spent here. And Lord, thinking about, you know, the shepherd. And thanks for using us. Thank, for, thank, thank you for putting us where we're at right now. And we pray daily, Lord, you would uh, keep blessing the church in Appleton. You would keep blessing the church in Kane. And Lord, you would give us strength just to keep moving. And uh, thank you, Lord, for, for, for the word of God. So, so we're just thinking that if we don't have it today, what else, Lord, we're going to hang on to? So that's the only thing that we have that can help us understand the world today. And Lord, thank you so much for the people. We pray that you would uh, help us just to be connected with the people in the congregation. Help us, Lord, just to have a great relationship, to have a good fellowship with the people. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.